The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, and welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm so excited to have you all back as guests. And if you join us for the first time, we really appreciate it. Today, I, we have on a very special guest. He is the founder of Pacini, Matt Pacini. Matt, thanks for joining us. How are you today? Hey, Cody. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. No, we, we really appreciate you jumping on board. I know uh, you got a lot going on, so we appreciate the time and, and obviously the experience and knowledge you're going to share with us today. For those that are hearing your name and voice for the first time, hopefully not. Hopefully they found you, maybe even read the book. But if, if they are hearing your name for the first time, would love to have you tell our audience a little bit about where you're from, how you got into real estate and where you're at these days with real estate. Sure. Well, I'm initially from Orlando, Florida. That's where I was born and grew up. But I moved to New York City and went to went to college up here and uh, worked in, I, I was actually a, a professional actor. For, for about five years, I did 15 different professional productions throughout the United States. And then I started tinkering around with computers in the late 90s and actually ended up starting, I did some freelance work instead of waiting tables in between acting gigs. I started doing some computer work and then eventually opened up my own boutique agency doing website development and things like that. After the dot-com bubble burst, uh, I went in house at one of my clients, it was Showtime, the cable television channel. They offered me a position in-house. And I was there for about five years and then started working at a bunch of different advertising agencies here in New York. And so I did that for, I had a career of 18 years, sort of climbing the corporate ladder and working in the advertising world. So I worked at a bunch of different advertising agencies. And during that time, I started working, doing some real estate investments. It started initially with me as a, as a primary residence and then an investment property. And it kind of grew from there. Fast forward about 10 years of, of, of doing that as a hobby. My wife got a job opportunity that had us move from New York to Miami, Florida. And at that time, I made the transition into doing real estate full time. We were in Miami for two years, then in Boston for four years. And uh, we just moved back to Brooklyn a couple of months ago, Brooklyn, New York. Excited to be be here. Loved loved Boston, enjoyed Miami, but but happy to be back in New York. And so I've been doing real estate full time for six years, and I focus on multifamily uh, apartment complexes. Man, Matt, I, that's awesome. I, I say it a lot uh, for and probably for all of our guests, I think. But we we really love the unique backgrounds that everyone brings to the table, and I think you may be the first actor we've had on. Uh, so <laughs> so we we love that, and I also think you're one of the few people that I know that did what I, the opposite. You went from Florida to New York, not New York to Florida. You know, <laughs> yeah. Usually usually it's the other way around, but, but no, we, seriously, I appreciate you coming on board. Tell us a little bit about your background, but you know, we're, we're here to talk a little bit about something different today. Uh, there may be some other shows and podcasts, which is challenges and failures in your real estate career to help our audience and grow and learn from the things that you've learned in the school of hard knocks. So wanted to see what comes to mind to you today in your career thus far to, uh, share with us and and help us grow and educate. Yeah, Cody, I, I like the 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 angle that you take. It's it, it, I think it is unique and, and sets you apart, and it's a great way to learn. You know, 
we learn by fail by failing, right? I mean, that's how I've learned. And I've done a good good amount of failing, but I don't usually talk about it, you know, necessarily beat my chest about it. In, in my book, you know, I have a, a chapter called Matt's Folly, which really isn't about a folly at all. It's more about the voice of doubt inside my head. But I do talk in the book in a later chapter about my first investment as a limited partner that did fail. And so all the lessons that I learned from it, you know, more importantly. And, you know, I've had challenges throughout my career. Um, you know, as, as an actor for five years, I, uh, I dealt with failure, or I should say rejection very often going and auditioning, you know, and, and, and hearing, you know, next, thank you, don't call us, we'll call you, that kind of thing. But I always learned from those, those types of experiences, you know, how to improve, how to get better. So, you know, I'm trying to think of, you know, some failures that I've had, you know, one of the failures that I had that, that really made me get involved or focus more on the multifamily syndication was a, a flip. I was flipping a house and we didn't do well. I, I, I did one that we did really well on. And then I did another and it was a big failure. And, you know, the, 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 the lessons on that one in particular was, you know, that that market was so competitive, right. That it was very hard to find properties that we could flip. And so I started maybe sort of cutting some corners. I mean, I, I didn't necessarily know it was cutting corners at the time, but looking back in hindsight, it's the kind of thing I would never do again, which is we bought the property and we, we had done another one this way and it worked out great. So, um, but we bought a property without any sort of inspection. Okay. So, I mean, we got it very inexpensively, but what ended up happening was there was mold all over the place. The plumbing lines were shot. The electric was shot. Things, you know, behind the wall that we wouldn't have even known about, you know, maybe even with a very cursory inspection. And so once we got in there, we had a lot of repairs that we weren't expecting, right? And so that caught us off guard. That's why one of the things that I do right now in my business, when we're purchasing a property, inspections are super important. And there, there's always skeletons in the closet and there's always things that don't get found in an inspection. But had we done a, 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 a good inspection on there, I think we would have at least we would have known about the mold problem, if not more. So, and that, that was a, that was a failure of mine. So th that's interesting. You bring that up it, mainly because you, you talked about the point of it, it was a hard market to find properties worth, worth flipping. And I know in the multifamily space now, there's, there's a lot of folks going through a similar type experience now that money is readily available, right? People have probably, I don't want to say, Everyone's got disposable income, but a lot of people are looking to invest in real estate. They like the portfolio. They want to diversify. So money typically isn't the problem people are facing these days. It's finding the deal that cash flows or, or that will pan out. So talk to me about your experience back then when you were flipping your second house, because I, I think there will be some correlation in what people are seeing now in multifamily that why why it or, or what made you jump into it, even though maybe it wasn't uh, the best house to jump into from a flip standpoint and maybe unpack a little bit more around, you know, what was the driving factor for, for picking this house over some of the others or waiting for something that maybe penciled out a little bit better? Because I, <laughs> I wanted to do a deal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you really want to get down to it, I was, this was 
early on. This is before I started doing the multifamily. And I, and I can talk a little bit about what you were talking about from a multifamily perspective as well. But just on this one particular property, you know, I, w- I wanted to do deals. I was unable to find things that made sense. I had a realtor who had flipped some houses sort of advising me. And this was a way for us to get some properties through a, a HUD website, but we were we would be unable to inspect them. And when we knew there was risk involved, right? There, there's always risk involved in anything. Um, I was saying to someone earlier today, there's even risk involved with, with keeping money under your bed because your house could catch on fire. You know what I mean? Like there's risk walking out the door in the morning. Might be more risk for me here in New York than than you there down in the South, Cody. But you know, right outside my door, there's cars driving all the time, and so you know, there, there's there's risk in life. But I felt that the risk would be worth the reward, and in this particular case, I was dead wrong. But you know, when when it comes to that and and looking for deals, you know, I, I touched on it a little earlier that I used to be a performer and I had faced rejection. And when I first got involved in multifamily, I faced a lot of rejection in terms of like looking for um, deals, finding deals that maybe looked good, seeing sort of how they penciled out on paper, putting in offers and getting outbid again and again and again. It took me two years from when I first started focusing on multifamily to get my first deal. Wow. And I was not doing it part-time or haphazardly. I was literally doing it full-time, whole hog, you know, really going for it, meeting with brokers, meeting with property managers, looking at deals. And I eventually started keeping a spreadsheet of all the deals. And I, and I had over 100 deals that I had actually fully analyzed, not just the ones that came across my desk, but ones I had actually fully analyzed. You know, there was maybe 10 to 15 that I put offers in on, and 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 finally one that I got. But that, you know, took two years and it was a lot of rejection. But I wanted to make sure, and I still do on, on the deals that I'm doing nowadays, that they're gonna be that they're gonna be good deals. To this day, I still try to make sure that the deals that I'm doing are, are gonna be good. You know, I, I invest in the deals myself with my own money. I have, you know, investors who I've known for just a couple of months who are investing in deals and ones that I've known for years or friends and family who are investing in the deals. A lot of people that really count on that. So, you know, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, there's risk inherent in investments, but I do my best to mitigate those. So I want to find deals. I'm not going to jump in on any deal. And I, I don't want to find deals that are going to be, that are going to mitigate risk as much as possible. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I think, Matt, you you hit the nail on the head that a lot of times for, for folks that are either looking to jump right into multifamily or, or making the jump from single family over to multifamily that you, there, there are a lot of times you're going to you're going to miss or, or, you know, fail, if you will, on a lot of different properties or miss out on being able to even get them because you don't have the track record in multifamily a lot of times. And I think that's really important for people to know, especially coming from single family, that just because you're the highest bid doesn't mean you're going to win the deal, right? You have to have the track record. That's you gotta, right. Your, your broker, the, the seller have to both know and, and trust that you you can close. It's not about do you have the money. The money's probably available. Can you close and can you make it easy on them to close versus most people can come up with that with that kind of money these days, whether it's through syndication or other, other avenues. So 
I, I want to make well, sure. Cody, our- I'd agree with that and, and say that, you know, I, I had, uh, I have a relationship with a broker that I had failed time and time again with that broker on, on getting a deal for one reason or another. I would make it into best and final. Maybe I'm not the highest bidder. And, and in, in one particular case, I did lose. I was not the highest bidder. I had been in the best and final round. And something happened with that person who was awarded the deal. They ended up needing a back out. And I was able to swoop in. And I had the backing of the broker, like you're saying, and saying, hey, this guy, he didn't get it last. You know, he didn't, he, he's, I wasn't the highest bidder. I was $200,000 less than the highest bidder. But he said, listen, if you want someone who's going to close, you know, Matt is your guy. He has other properties around here. I know him. I've known him for years and he will close on the deal. And I did. And so that's really important. And that was a failure that ended up becoming a success eventually. But it was, it was at first it was a failure. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think you bring up a really good point there. We, we heard from a, a friend of ours that's a broker that, that we chatted with my business partner and I early on when we, we formed our company. And he was kind enough to kind of talk through us about a few things. And one of the bits of advice he gave us was, Hey, if you're getting into the space, you know, broker things happen throughout the deal process. And if you're dealing with a broker, even if you didn't win the deal, it is very much worth following up 30, 60, and 90 days after the deal has been quote closed and awarded because things can't like that can happen. And if you're there and have a great relationship with a broker and they trust you and can help, you might get moved to the front of the pack if that deal falls apart. And then they look like a hero to their seller because they kept the deal alive and can move somebody in right away and, and get things rolling. So I love that, uh, what you're saying, Matt, because that's that's exactly what we heard. And, and I think it's valuable information that you don't let go. Just because the deal's quote done doesn't mean it, it's truly done until everything's final. So that, that continued relationship is really important. So, so Matt, I think that's as good enough spot as ever kind of to, to wrap it up. I, I think you gave us a lot of valuable nuggets and information. And I'm sure a lot of that's probably in your book. And I want to make sure people are aware of that. So for those that want to connect with you, learn from you, that sort of thing, tell us about the book and where people can find you at. Yeah, well, the book is called Backstage Guide to Real Estate. And it's available through links on my website. And that's how you can connect with me and learn more about me. And I love talking with people about real estate is my favorite subject. So if there's anyone out there who wants to chat about real estate, my website, it's pacheni.com. So it's P like and Peter, I-C-H-E-N-Y.com. If there's a contact page on there, you can reach out to me, you can get the book, whatever. I love meeting people. So it'd be fun to connect. Perfect. Well, well, Matt, again, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate the time and all the experience you brought to the table and the, the lessons for our audience as well. Thank you so much, sir. Cody, thanks for having me on. It was a real pleasure. And I I love the podcast. I love what you're doing here. And hopefully your listeners are getting a ton of value out of having these different people share their stories. So it it was a pleasure. Thanks. No, thank you, Matt, again. and, And we really appreciate it. And for everyone listening at home, we appreciate you. And we'll catch everyone next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.